Hi, I'm Liz Graveline. As a doctor of physical therapy, I spent my early 20s refining my intervention skills on treating joint pain, stiffness, and weakness. Now in my early 30s as a working mom of two toddlers, it wasn't long ago that I had to rebuild my level of fitness from the ground up. My mission has evolved to not only affect positive change amongst the frequent flyers of Stanford, Connecticut, but amongst the masses. I'll teach you how exercise can be safe and simple while blocking out the noise. On this show, morning routines, posture, joint health, and life longevity are all topics we'll break down for you in digestible bits of information to quickly implement in your day-to-day life. Regardless of whether you are the experienced or novice exerciser, this is a place you can receive actionable steps and strategies to reach you closer and closer to your fitness goals without judgment or the external pressures. Bringing back the fun and excitement into an active lifestyle so that it's tied into how you feel versus what you look like is what we'll discuss here. So settle in and get ready to be cheered on while you learn. This is the Exercise Proper Podcast. As a quick disclaimer, the information in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material in this episode is intended to substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you are experiencing low back pain, seek medical advice with your primary care doctor or orthopedic doctor if you have any questions regarding your low back pain. Do not delay seeking medical advice because of the information you've received in this episode. When I'm reviewing the research, there are thousands of studies out there that evaluate everything there is to know about low back pain because of how common low back pain is. There is a high prevalence and incidence of low back pain, not only in the U.S., but across the world. To summarize every research finding that involves the treatment types, the risks, the cause, all on my own would take years, and especially at my reading comprehension level. (laughs) Those of you who are listening who happen to be healthcare practitioners, or maybe you're in medical tech, you get why meticulously written medical journals are a valuable resource. If you're not in the healthcare field or in medical tech, let's say you come into the clinic for low back pain. It's my job to educate you on your treatment options, what put you at risk, or what may have been the cause. And it is my job to present to you information that's supported by the research with the strongest level of evidence. That's easy, right? No, it's tougher than you think. Think of the last encounter you had with a doctor where you walked away feeling like you learned something about your condition, your health. Those are the best doctors because their goal is not only to teach you something, but they understand a concept so explicitly that they create simplicity out of complexity. It's an art. It's like translating a second language to English. And believe me, scientific research is a second language. Albert Einstein once said, if you can't explain it simply, simply, you don't understand it well enough. Well, sorry, Albert, for butchering your quote, but actually, this is a huge part of why I started this podcast in the first place, so I could organize all of this disconnected information in my brain I've studied over time, find their relationship, and water it down in a way so anyone off the street can understand who wants to understand these types of topics. When you appreciate the definition of your low back pain, the treatment options, the risk factors, the cause, you save yourself time, money, worry, and increase the likelihood that you'll get ahead of the pain with the help of a medical professional. And the longer you experience pain, the longer your recovery takes. So what exactly is the prevalence of low back pain? How much of a problem is low back pain? The CDC reports in 2019, 39% of adults had back pain. 
adults 65 and over, women, white adults, and adults with income below 100% of the federal poverty level were likely to experience back pain. And the American Physical Therapy Association published a clinical practice guideline on the treatment of low back pain saying, low back pain is actually the leading cause of decreased exercise and work activity levels across the entire world. Needless to say, low back pain is a major problem here and everywhere. Well, what's causing this major problem? And is there a cause? Well, low back pain is multifactorial, meaning there are multiple contributors to low back pain, such as an individual who is experiencing physical distress, depression, and demonstrates signs of fear avoidance, meaning the individual is afraid to move because of the potential onset of pain. There's a strong level of evidence to support that a meaningful number of false positives occur when imaging the lumbar spine. That means requesting an x-ray, MRI, or any other diagnostic imaging test will not necessarily give you the answers you're looking for when attempting to determine the cause of your low back pain. In a study by Savage et al., The experimenter took MRI images of 150 males between the ages of 20 and 60 without any low back pain, and 32% of them tested positive for disc degeneration, disc bulging, facet hypertrophy, and nerve root compression. Essentially, what's seen on an MRI, x-ray, or other diagnostic imaging tests do not necessarily correlate to the symptoms you're experiencing. Determining the cause of low back pain is surprisingly not helpful in treatment of the patient's condition. So what is helpful for determining the proper treatment of low back pain? When considering physical therapy treatment and treatment options for low back pain most supported in literature, I use clinical practice guidelines as my main influence in decision making because these guidelines are backed by the highest quality evidence out there. A high-quality study means the study's participants were randomly selected and it's double-blinded, meaning the experimenter and the participants do not know whether or not they're receiving the treatment or placebo. A high-quality study is the Beyonce of all studies. What makes a particular finding even more meaningful is when the same finding is reproduced over and over again in hundreds of high-quality studies when a group of participants fits a similar demographic. Although my description of research is completely oversimplified. Hopefully it will help you understand the significance of the treatment types for low back pain with strong level of evidence to back them up. The best evidence-based treatment and non-treatment options for acute and chronic low back pain include one, particular manual therapy techniques provided by a physical therapist, two, exercise, three, hip and spine mobility, and four, knowledge regarding your low back pain. I will review all four treatment and non-treatment options. Number one, manual therapy. When we're talking about acute and chronic low back pain, acute meaning the pain is lasting 10 days, chronic meaning the pain is lasting greater than three months, there is strong evidence to suggest particular manual therapy techniques provided by a physical therapist will significantly decrease pain levels. Manual therapy describes any form of hands-on treatment provided by a physical therapist. When we're talking about acute and chronic low back pain, mobilization and manipulation techniques provided by your physical therapist are likely to significantly improve your low back pain. Specifically, if you have low back pain without leg pain and without fear of movement. So if you have low back pain and you fall in this category, schedule a visit with your doctor and physical therapist. 
The second treatment option we'll discuss for low back pain is, of course, exercise. There is strong evidence to support all forms of exercise in individuals with chronic low back pain, including upper and lower body strengthening, core strengthening, endurance exercise, aerobic exercise, or aquatic exercise. And there's even strong evidence to suggest if you just focus on strengthening the following two muscle groups alone, you will significantly improve your low back pain. I'm talking about the transverse abdominis and multifidus muscles. The transverse abdominis and multifidus muscle groups exist in your abdomen and along the length of your spine. These muscles function as long endurance support for your spine and help the spine maintain proper postures all day long. The majority of my patients have this misconceived notion that the six-pack ab muscle, the rectus abdominis, is the primary muscle to be targeted to achieve a strong core, but that's completely false. The six-pack ab muscle helps us get out of bed in the morning, helps us get off the floor, and it serves as the driving force for when we want to chuck a 45-pound medicine ball at the wall or at your enemy's head. Just kidding. I'm just making sure I have your attention. (laughs) Another consideration is if you spend the majority of your day sitting, listen up, listen up, You'll significantly improve your low back pain when you add specific core strengthening exercises to your daily routine, specifically targeting the transverse abdominis and multifidus. So I'm sure this isn't the first time you've heard this, but for those of you who sit during the majority of your work week, you are most likely assuming positions that use excessive lumbar flexion. And this just means you are repetitively bending too far forward at the level of your low back. And if you are experiencing low back pain when you bend to lift something off the ground, or if you experience pain when you sit for too long, you want to optimize these movements and positions. First, let's optimize your standing posture. Imagine you're standing up. You're thinking about reaching for your toes, but before you start to move any part of your body, rotate your pelvis forward. Then, once your pelvis cannot rotate any further, then bend at the low back to touch your toes. This is the way you should always reach for the floor when you're trying to stretch. Second, let's optimize your posture on your hands and knees. Understanding proper positioning will help all you yogis out there. What that means is if you are in the quadruped position, this is on your hands and knees, consider where your hands are in relationship to your shoulders, your knees to your hips. What about your spine to your pelvis? Yeah, I may have stumped you on that one. Let's start with your hands. Position them directly under your shoulders, your knees directly under your hips, and anytime your core is involved, which is pretty much in everything we do, your goal is to achieve a neutral spine and avoid an arched back or a flat back. Your goal is to find the in-between neutral spine. So first, arch your back and feel the position of your spine. Then flatten your back and feel the position of your spine. Now find the middle of these positions, and this is your neutral spine. Once you've found your neutral spine, draw your belly button in towards your spine and lock it down to maintain this contraction. This method of finding your neutral spine can be applied in any position, standing, sitting, walking. This neutral spine rule always applies and it takes practice and patience to really nail it. So take your time. You have your whole life ahead of you to get this right and it's worth every effort, I promise. You can practice sitting in a chair while straightening and bending one knee. You can practice while sitting on a stability ball with feet flat on the floor. You can practice lying on your back while bending one knee towards and away from your chest. 
I prescribe all these exercises for patients who complain of low back pain and sit the majority of, of the day. And these patients usually demonstrate poor motor patterns. And a poor motor pattern essentially is a physical therapist's way for describing poor form and technique. So now that we've covered two treatment options, number one, manual therapy, and number two, exercise, let's move on to treatment number three, flexibility and mobility. By improving the flexibility of certain muscle groups, specifically your gluteal muscles and hamstrings, you will begin to notice a decrease in low back pain, but don't stop there. With the improvement of your joint mobility, specifically your hip and spine mobility, you'll find ease of movement and muscle relaxation. Flexibility correlates to the muscles in our body. Mobility correlates to the ligaments of our joints. Improving limitations in both areas will significantly improve your low back pain. Okay, so now we've reviewed the three treatment options best supported by the Beyonce of all research studies. The fourth non-treatment option is simply understanding your low back pain. So what do you care? Why do you need to take the time to understand pain and how it affects your brain, your body, if you're not the one that's the physical therapist? Isn't that my job? If you're thinking this, you're totally right. It is my job. And it's not your job to know the ins and outs of in all the other details about your low back pain, but requiring the knowledge of why you're experiencing the low back pain you have and the level of, of consequence low back pain has for your well-being and level of participation in the activities you love is why this is so important. And the research agrees, not participating in the knowledge of your pain is like saying you're going to gamble all your money on the poker hand you were just dealt without ever playing a game of poker to make good decisions that requires some general knowledge and that's all you need then you can rely on your doctors and physical therapists to help guide you along the way with the rest thank you so much for listening in if you've received some insight and tangible strategies you can use please subscribe to the exercise proper podcast post a screenshot tagging your girl at liz underscore graveline don't forget to leave a review or if you're looking for other tips and tricks in your health and wellness journey you can send me an email at lizgraveline at gmail.com i'd shriek at the sight of your name in my inbox that would be amazing see you next time guys